Okay, we are back to podcast, and I hope everyone has had a good day, and uh, it's been a good week, and I praise the Lord for all of His blessings, and He has uh, He has blessed myself and family, and uh, just a good week, good week for the business and, and family, and uh, I hope and trust you as, as the church has had a good week. Um we are going to the Old Testament tonight. We're, we're, we're teaching on prayers from the Old Testament. Excuse me. We spent last week uh, in, in person uh, Bible study, and we dealt with some New Testament prayers. In fact, we have for a few weeks. Well, tonight, I want to transition a little bit. Of course, we've been in the Psalms, which is the Old Testament, and uh, we're certainly not finished with the Psalms, but uh, the Lord just just kind of laid this on my heart to go to some examples of Old Testament prayer, Old Testament intercessions. And um, I let me say this, just non-related, really, uh, concerning the church. I appreciate the services the past two, three weeks. Um, Certainly not anything I've done or doing. Uh, it's all the Lord. But the Spirit of God has been so sweet and real in our services. Um, just I appreciate the Lord meeting with us. And uh, I never take that for granted. I always want to render Him praise where it's due. And thank Him for, for His goodness. And uh, just thank God for, for all of His blessings. Now... Let's go to 1 Samuel, chapter number 2. 1 Samuel, uh, chapter number, I'm sorry, 1 Samuel, chapter 1. 1 Samuel, chapter number 1. And I want to go to one of my favorite, we're going to look in three places. It's starting, and we may not cover them all tonight. Um. We, we may not get past this one and the second one, but there's three, and there's several. There's many. When we go through these Old Testament prayer passages, we're going to look at a lot of things. But there's there's three that come to my mind quickly as I was studying this week and, and praying about tonight. Three prayers in the in that, that I see in the Old Testament that I've, I've always enjoyed, that I've used in my own prayer life. I've used ex- as examples. And uh, one is the prayer of Hannah. Hannah uh, is in 1 Samuel. That's the one we're going to look at first. The other one is Jabez's prayer, um, which we will look at uh, possibly tonight, maybe the next time we meet or Sunday night. Uh, And then the other one is Isaiah's prayer in Isaiah 6. Those three prayers have all been a major part of my uh, Christian walk, my journey with God, my praying with God, and so if you most, I've preached through or taught through First Samuel on podcast. So if you've been a faithful listener to podcast since Bethany has been started, then you are aware that I have taught through First Samuel. But the prayer of Hannah is where I want to go to tonight. Now you know the story here. Hannah is barren. She longs to have a child. It is a shame 
for Middle Eastern Jews to not have have a child, to be a barren woman. Um, God, it, it, many have many believe it's a curse of God. Uh, different scenarios and, and reasons why it would happen, but it's one thing is very clear, and that is the fact that it, it was a shame for a woman to not have a child, especially in the, the Old Testament. Uh, a lot of reasons for this, because if you recall, and I've taught it on, on numerous occasions, that um, Israel is an, is it's a people with an earthly blessing an earthly promise, okay, God's promise to the nation of Israel um, is of an earthly nature, it's for earthly prosperity and earthly blessings, so that being the case, we look to these prayers and see great prayers of intercession, all right, um, then we go to understanding that we start here with Hannah's prayer. So it was a shame for her to not have a child because it was important for the Jew to carry the genealogy on, to carry the bloodline on. That's one thing. The second thing is they're all looking for the Messiah. All of them. I mean, when Eve when Eve had had Cain... She said, I've gotten a man from the Lord. And there was no reason, no reason at all for them not to think that they were having the Messiah. They were having the coming Christ. If you recall, Genesis 3 and 15 tells us, you know, that that, that's the first prophecy of a coming Savior. Satan, of course, uh, or God promised Satan that there was coming a Messiah, coming a Savior to... Uh, to deal with him, to crush his head, to defeat him. And so from that point forward, women would be looking to give birth to the Messiah. Okay? Now, having said that, Eve thought when her boys were born that that was it. I've given birth to the one that's going to crush the head of Satan. Now, we know that that's not the case. We know that Cain rose up, slew Abel, and in in the story from there, you know, and and but from from thenceforth, the women of Israel were looking to giving birth to who would be the Messiah of Israel. Okay, so it's important that Hannah have a child. She's barren. So let's start with her prayer. I like these Old Testament prayers for this reason. Okay, I, let me just say some things. You hear me. You hear me coming against and kind of slamming. I guess you could say uh, Calvinism a lot, a lot. I'm hard on it. Part of it is the is the infiltration for years. Years we you know Calvin. You you would see Calvinism in press with among Presbyterians. You would see Calvinism among hard shell or primitive Baptist, and that was pretty much it. But around the time that I was in the mountains, um, so we're talking from 2000 to 2009, the early 2000s, it, it probably started a little earlier, but I wasn't following it as close. You know, I just got saved in 94, so I'm, I'm sure the roots of it 
uh, were, were already beginning. But in the Southern Baptist Convention, which we, we do not contribute to a convention, there's the, you know, the convention initially when it started was, was a, it's a good thing. It was an association and a fellowship among like-minded churches, but with any kind of human organization, um, it, it kind of has corrupted itself in a lot of ways with the acceptance of uh, liberalism into the ranks. And I know through the years, uh, they've tried to straighten it out and go conservative, and then you get a fight. And a fight. It's, it's, it's nothing more than than the differences. It's nothing more than the same politics you see in America. So we, we, we're not political people. We're Bible believers, and we just we take the Word of God, teach it, preach it, and there's no need for an association or convention to be able to do that, so that's what we do. But anyway, that's neither here nor there, but I will say that back in the t- early 2000s, I really started noticing, and it, it floored me, really, about how Calvinism had begun to creep in to the Southern Baptist teaching and conventions, um, and and it it got its it it got its way in by by calling it different names. But you know, you can call something by another name, and it is what it is. Covenant theology got to be really uh, popular. Reformed. Reform theology did that. Watch out for that phrase, okay? The reformists. Uh, it's it's Calvinism, okay? They may not be sprinkling babies. I understand that. So that's where you got to be careful about throwing the title or the tag of Calvinism around. Um, is is because it entailed a, a wide array of, of problems. But the gist is this. The will of God is set. He's so sovereign that it's set and and it, what's going to be was going to be. Well, it's a fatalistic idea for one thing. But the other thing is this. Concerning prayer, they, they teach that in order to pray in the will of God, you've got to get your will aligned with God's will to see a prayer answered and to know you're praying in the will of God. That sounds wonderful. Sounds perfect. Sounds like a good explanation. Sounds like good doctrine. God is God, and I I view God the same way. Very holy, very high, all-knowing, providential, sovereign. All those ways I do. But I got a major problem from the Bible with teaching that prayer is nothing more than aligning your will with the will of God. You pray in that way, you know you always got your prayers answered. Hannah is a prime example of this. Moses is a prime example of this. Many in the Word of God are prime examples of this. And what what I mean is this. Concerning prayer, prayer is us being able to, through our petitions, through our request, through through our going to God and interceding, moving the hand of God in in our regard or in our situation. Now, I know men that hold the view of God that they you would say that would be blasphemous, but the problem, it's it's not blasphemous. You know, they'll say, oh, a human can't move the hand of God. Well, what are you going to do with Moses? 
one time Moses wanted the ch God to kill the children of Israel. God said, I'm not going to do any such thing. Well, then God got mad at them. God was ready to kill the children of Israel. And Moses went and interceded on behalf of the children of Israel and prevented them from being killed by God. What do you call that? That's Moses interceding, moving the hand of God, changing the mind of God. It says it repented God. That's change of mind and change of action. That's what the Bible says, okay? Moses moving the hand, changing the mind of God, and not him not killing the children of Israel. Okay? So we go to Hannah tonight. Hannah is barren. Hannah has no child. And so that's my burden with prayer, is teaching you, teaching us, just how big of a deal it is for us to be able to go to the God of heaven, make our prayers and requests be known unto him, and to see him move on our behalf. That is a privilege. It's a blessing. It's an honor. It's the greatest privilege in our lives as Christians. And I'm, I'm not going to teach you that prayer is nothing more than aligning your will with God's will. I'm not going to teach you that because I believe in teaching that, that takes away one of the greatest privileges and blessings you have as a child of God, and that is to go to your Father, ask, and receive. I want you to have that. So let's look at Hannah. I mean, I could tell you 10 prayer requests been answered. 10 prayers of mine been answered this week at the very least. 10. And it's just Wednesday. It's just Wednesday. This is the greatest blessing we have as Christians. And she was in bitterness of soul. Hannah is hurting. Hannah is serious. Hannah is, is moved. Hannah is broken over the fact that she doesn't have a child. She's in bitterness. This is to her soul. And prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. So I see the weight, the birth. This is not God take care of me today. This is not Lord watch over me today. This is not Lord thank you for the food. This is someone that is broken and bitter in their soul over a matter and over a situation and goes to God in prayer asking and beseeching and begging God to move on her behalf. And she vowed a vow. Okay? So she's making a promise is how we would phrase it, but a vow is much more serious than a promise. A vow would be uh, at a different level of God actually, you know, warning you against breaking this vow. She was in bitterness of soul, prayed unto the Lord, wept sore, and she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid. So notice her humility. And she is asking, if you would, Lord, would you please? I'm just a handmaid. I'm nobody. I don't deserve it. I'm not coming on my merit. I'm coming on as a handmaid asking you to move for me. We don't go to prayer on our merit and on how great we are. 
we go as handmaids and handmaidens. And remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a child, a man child. She's, she doesn't just say, give me a baby. I don't care which what it is, and I don't care as long as it's healthy. She says, I want a child, and I want a man child. I want a baby, and I want a baby boy, praise God. She tells God in specifics what she wants. You know, sometimes we need to do that. We need to just get down to specific. God, here's what I want, and here's why I want it. And let me give you the details of it and tell you why I feel like this is the situation of what I need. Here's why she wants a man-child. Then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life because she wants to make a man of God out of him. Now, there's a good way to get God's attention. You want the man-child? Here's why I want the man-child. I want the man-child so I can make a man of God out of him. God says, oh, okay, that's a deal. That suits my interest. That suits my cause. That suits what I want. That suits my burden. Yeah, let's let's do that. And the Bible says here, I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life. There shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord, she didn't stop. She was consistent in this prayer. It didn't happen overnight. As a matter of fact, if you're going to have a baby, the timing has to be completely right. It had, you, without going into detail, you know it's a big timing thing. So as she prays, she's praying for, there's so much that has to occur in alignment and God to work and move. Now watch. It came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Elijah, Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart. So look at that. Now that's fascinating. You remember what I told you, I think the last podcast that I did about praying to yourself that it was okay? The last time I talked about crying aloud, praying aloud. Tonight I'm talking about praying to yourself. God knows exactly what she's praying right now. He knows what she's saying right now, and she's praying in her heart. Look at this. Her mouth is moving, but she's not uttering words. And it says, Now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. That shows you the spiritual discernment that Eli, the priest, had at the time. He thinks she's drunk, and she's praying. He don't even have the sense to know this ain't the kind of woman that would get drunk. And Eli said unto her, How long will thou be drunken? Put away the wine from thee. He said, You've been drinking the wine too long. You're drunk now. Put it away. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Billy Isle, She's saying, don't look at me like a drunkard, somebody that's drunken, like a daughter of Belial. She says, for out of the abundance of my complaining grief have I spoken hitherto. I'm hurt, I'm broken, I'm scared, I'm fearful, I'm worried. That's where I'm coming from in this. And the Bible says, Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, let thine handmaid find grace. So this, this prayer answered is based on grace. It's not based on any desert. 
Now, I'm going to come back to that. Stay with me. And uh, let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the women went, woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. Now, let me say something. God answered her based on grace. Now, let me tell you about Sean Brigman. Now, I don't know if you're like this, but I know Sean Brigman's like this. When I've got a real need, I mean, man, I've got something that I, I need to see happen. And a part of me feels like I deserve to see it happen. Part of me can line up to God the reasons why this ought to happen. Listen to me. I've done this. I've done it recently. I've done it more than I like to say. It's not sinful, but it's not proper way of praying. But when I when you have a need so bad, you have a want so strong, the propensity is to do this. You go to God and you begin reasoning with him. Well, that's not necessarily always wrong. The scriptures teach us, come, let us reason together, saith the Lord, be a reasonable person. However, however, there's a propensity to go before God and lay out your stake, lay out your cause, lay out where you're coming from and why he should answer you and make deals and promises and, and, and give him reasons why, why this prayer should be answered and why he ought to move on your behalf in this regard. Okay, I've done it. I've done it. I mean, say, I, I ask God, you know, bless the business, for example. Bless the business. And then I start laying out the reasons why I, I want him to do so, why I want him to bless the business. And I'll give. And God, I'm, I'm running the business with character and integrity or whatever. Well, if I'm not careful, I can go in and I can start building my calls based on my goodness my righteousness, what I've done, what I've accomplished. And you know what that starts reeking of? Pride. Just don't do that. I catch myself. I do it. I've done it. But I try to catch myself when I do and ask for forgiveness. I've been mid-prayer and going that direction in prayer and just stopping and saying, God, forget everything I just said. I just, I'm asking for grace. And I'm asking for mercy, and I don't deserve it. And I'm asking you to move anyway. That's what I want. That's what I'm here for. God, you, you, there's no way I can merit your favor. There's no way I can merit your grace. I'm asking you to move on my behalf just because of you're a gracious and a loving and a merciful God. So don't try to plead your case and cause to God and reason with Him on why He, if because here's what, if we do that, we're coming off as if the only way God has integrity is if he acknowledges your integrity and what you deserve. You know what? I deserve hell and you deserve hell. We don't deserve God to answer any of our prayers. If he answers anything, it's the grace and mercy of God. Not because we deserve it. And that's the perspective that Hannah's coming from. 
Hannah's not going to God and saying, look, I'm a pure woman. I'm a clean woman. I love my husband. I clean the house. I do this. God, that, that's why you ought to answer me. That's not what she says. Look here. She says, she goes on and she calls herself a handmaiden over and over again. She says, thine handmaid, verse 18, let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. She knows if this prayer is answered, it's all the grace of God and she's not worthy of it. Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way, did eat, and her countenance was no more sad because she knows God's going to move. And she and they rose up in the morning, 1 Samuel 1.19, and they rose up in the morning early and worshiped before the Lord. So before the prayer's answered, she's worshiping. I have trouble there too. It's just shown confessional night. Preacher shown confessional tonight. Have trouble there too. If I got a real burden, I got a real problem, and it's it's got my soul sorrowful, like in Hannah's case. And she's in a bad place, man. It opens up. Her soul is sorrowful. She's hurt. She's heartbroken. She doesn't have a child. If I'm at that place, there ain't a lot of worshiping going on before the prayer gets answered. Oh, there's plenty of worship going on after the prayer gets answered. But it's hard to worship right and worship from your heart when you're in the situation she's in. She is burdened, burdened, hurting, in anguish of soul because she doesn't have a child and yet she worships God from that same hurt, that same heart, that same soul before God ever answers the prayer. I wish she could trust us like that. I wish she could trust me like that. God help me to learn that lesson, to minimize the amount of times I have to go through that lesson. Help me to worship Him when I'm in dire need and I haven't got the need met yet. Help us to worship Him when we're in dire need and the need is yet to be met. Verse 19, and they rose up in the morning early and worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah. Here we go. Ding, 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 ding. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife. We know what new means here. And the Lord remembered her. So they came together just the right time. Both parties done their part. Hannah had prayed, they had worshipped, they came together, and God came through. God remembered her. Ladies and gentlemen, that is, is intercessory prayer. That is mountain-moving prayer. That is a prayer of a woman who has a dried-up and a shut-up womb. She's got a reason for God to answer this prayer that she might make a man of God out of this little boy. She is specific with this prayer. I want a man-child. She is humble in this prayer in regards to the fact that I'm a handmaiden and I'm coming based on the need for grace. That's where I'm praying. That's the place I'm praying from. And then she worships before the prayer is answered. And God comes through. Help us to do that. Help us to get specific with God. Help us to be broken before God. 
Help us to be humble before God. Help us to not deal-make with God or come on behalf of ourselves and our desserts. And finally, help us to worship before he ever answers the prayer. This has been part one. I, I knew I wouldn't get through it. I knew I wouldn't get through it. We will, on Sunday night, either go to Jabez or we'll go to Isaiah. I'm not sure which one yet. But um, this starts our Old Testament prayers. Examples of Old Testament prayers. Prayers of or in the Old Testament. I hope you've enjoyed this uh, podcast on Sunday night, but Sunday morning services. Sunday morning services. Um, I do honor requests if, if the Lord gives, gives me gr- the green light. And I had a request. For this service, this message, not necessarily this specific message, but this subject matter. And it's about healing. It's about helping others, uh, being a blessing to others. You know, we're a wounded people. We're all carry wounds. And uh, I want to teach you a little bit about getting help and being able to help others as a result. And I hope you have a good, good rest of your week. Looking forward to a great Sunday. Folks, be there. Be there. Be faithful. 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning. We've had some of the best services the past few weeks that we've had in the year and a half that we've been established. And uh, I am very much looking forward to this. We ain't going to know it. God, I'm telling you, God's God's got us. God's going to take care of every situation. And I'm looking, so looking forward to Sunday both Sunday morning services as well as Sunday evening podcast. Good night. God bless. I love each one of you, and I'll see you Sunday at 930.